I'm excited for you to get a copy of my latest book, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. Sometimes life throws multiple things at you all at once. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like there's no way out of this? With everything happening, it's so easy to feel completely overwhelmed. That's why the title is Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. And it's not a, a fake feeling. You absolutely feel like you can't hardly go forward. But yet God's Word gives a roadmap to victory. This is a must book that you need to read that's going to change your whole perspective on trouble and what to do when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like there's no way out. Overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. Get it today. Get your copy of Jensen Franklin's new book, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. Available now at Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Welcome to Kingdom Connection with Pastor Jensen Franklin. Can I ask you something? How casually do you view marriage? Are you truly a one and done till death to his part kind of person? Or do you think that sometimes it just doesn't work out for any number of reasons? If you judge by culture, we as a nation seem to take it pretty lightly. Have you ever wondered how God views marriage? I mean, we know that generally he's not a big fan of divorce. We think of Adam and Eve in Genesis and a handful of verses in the New Testament. But if you have eyes to see, you can find out how deeply God cares about marriage in places you wouldn't think. Let's join Pastor Franklin as he teaches about love and loyalty. I'm going to give you one verse of scripture tonight, and I'm just going to teach what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. It's let it speak to you. Because David did what was right, verse 5, because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. He did everything right in the eyes of the Lord. He turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except this matter of Uriah the Hittite. I want to talk about that for a few minutes and how it concerns you and your marriage. Uriah the Hittite was one of David's mighty men. He's listed in 2 Samuel 23 as being a mighty man of warfare and valor. He's mentioned 11 times in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, 11, or 11 times combined in the Old Testament, and he even shows up in the New Testament. He so impressed God. He so got the attention and eye of God that God could not get over him. This particular text was written 150 years after he was dead. And when God spoke of David, he could not get over somebody named Uriah the Hittite. He stood out to God. Who was he? In 2 Samuel 12 and verse 15, it says this, And Nathan departed from the house... And God struck the child, listen to this, of Uriah's wife that he bore unto David, and it was very sick. You, you, 
I'll, I'll tell you and explain this, but this is, this is a pretty amazing verse. The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare. But wait a minute. Uriah was dead in the story when this text was, was recorded. And Uriah, David had had murdered to cover up his sin. And yet God said, he's still Uriah's wife. He had married, she had married David. David had, had had an affair with her, had tried to get him to come home and sleep with his wife, and I'll explain it in a minute. And so that he could say that he, they had a oops and, and she got pregnant and that would have covered up his affair, but it didn't work that way. He wouldn't go home. He wouldn't go to his wife. And so David puts him out on the field to get killed and has the orders to pull back and let him get killed. And when the prophet goes in this text to confront David, the Bible said under the old covenant, thank God for mercy, but the Bible said the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife, not David's wife, Uriah's wife. Is it possible to be involved in a marriage that's recognized on earth but ignored in heaven? I realize tonight I'm on very thin ice. But we need to be committed to our marriages. When we make a covenant before God, it is not a plaything that is determined by our emotions or our feelings. But can I take a moment to preach to younger couples the way that I was brought up to approach marriage was this is not a try and see playhouse and see how it goes. And if it doesn't feel happy, happy, goody, goody all the time, just trade that one in for a newer version. That is not in this book. And when you start eliminating all the options, you get serious about getting in a place and getting a good marriage going on because for us, it's one marriage. One marriage. And if you have started over and this is new for you, then start in the marriage that you are in, begin to approach it like I'm preaching right now that the one I'm in is the only one I'm going to be in. Come on and give me a big amen right there. All right, let's go. Are you ready? You ready to go? I didn't want to preach this. I got another one in here that's brand new, and I liked it, but I'll preach that whenever. But this is what the Lord said today when I was walking in the woods. <laughs> when Jesus was asked about divorce, he took them back to Genesis. And he made this comment. He said, when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees about divorce, he said, did he not, did he not make them one flesh? Everybody say one flesh. And then he starts quoting the scripture. For is it not written that a man shall leave his father and his mother, that's a public ceremony, and cleave 
to his wife. That is a joining together. And the two shall become one flesh. That is the consummation of the marriage, the physical honeymoon night. It is a covenant that takes place. And they will be joined together, Jesus said. And that word joined means to stick like glue. No separation. To stick like glue. Watch what Jesus said. Verse 2, and the Pharisees came and asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Testing him. Because there are people who are going through things in this room, all of us. And we must eliminate that, that, that filthy word called divorce. It is not an option in Jesus' name. There is a clause. There is a fornication clause. I believe it's in Matthew 19 and verse 9. If somebody has been unfaithful, then you can choose. But it's not necessarily what ought to be done and has to be done. What about grace? That's where grace needs to come in. It's tight, but it's right. The Pharisees came and said, is it lawful for, for us to get... You know, some people are like attorneys. They look for loopholes. When they read the Bible, they're looking for... They're not looking for what the text and the spirit of this verse is saying. They're looking for a loophole. How can I get out of this? <laughs> um, the Pharisees came... I can't get past this verse. And the Pharisees came, <laughs> asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And he answered and said unto them, what did Moses command? And they said, Moses permitted a man. This is New Testament. Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said unto them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you that precept. But from the beginning, here he goes again, back to it, one Everybody say one, 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 one. He made them one. Watch him, watch him. This is Jesus. This, isn't, this is God in the flesh. This is Jesus. This is how he feels right now. And Jesus answered and said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote that precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. That's important. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the, some, everybody say it out loud. And the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Verse 9, therefore... Well, what if God didn't put us together? If you, if you got married and you said your vows, God just put you together. 
Therefore, what God has joined together. It might, you might have met him in the club or in the Red Roof Inn in a bedroom. I don't know where you met him, but when you said, God, would you please bless this marriage? We give it and we sign the commitment. We publicly celebrate. We leave, we cleave. We're joined. We're one. God said, it's sanctified. It's holy. It's under the blood. I surround it with angels and I put my favor on it. Is there any more? <laughs> oh, yeah, it does get. Oh, I almost missed this goody part. You're not going to believe. Y'all would not come to hear Jesus. You would not come to hear him preach on marriage. <laughs> Therefore, what God has joined together in holy matrimony, let no man separate. Verse 10. In the house, his disciples ask him again about the same matter. Okay, now they thought Jesus would sweeten it up a little bit. Watch this. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces, equal rights, and if a woman divorces her husband And marries another, he commits adultery. In one place it says, if the person marries the person uh, who... <laughs> Did it not say that? This is the Bible. That, that it's possible to be in a marriage that's acknowledged on earth but ignored in heaven. God, now, now I'm going to really mess you up. Go to Matthew chapter 1. God could not get over Uriah. Why? Because he was so loyal, y'all. He was so loyal that when David sent for him, you know, he committed adultery. He walked down on the balcony and he saw a UFO, an unclothed female object, taking a shower or taking a bath. I don't guess they had showers, but had a bath and, and he, and he got the lusting after. And the Bible said when the Kings went to war, he stayed home. He had a civilian spirit when he should have had a warfare spirit. He's unconcerned. Let somebody else fight. Let somebody else be spiritual. And he walked out on the balcony and he saw that neighbor taking a bath and he inquired of her. That's what the scripture said. Who is she? Well, first of all, I want to say, who are you? You forgot you're married. Why are you inquiring? You know, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you, don't get, don't, don't even, don't even mess. Don't even get around that. Don't even flirt with that. Don't even, don't even dare open the conversation. You go the opposite direction. You stay away from that. Don't you? you do, does anybody still believe in the conviction of the Holy Spirit? You have no business inquiring, going on Facebook, where we, I want to see how my old lover's doing. I'll tell you how they're doing. They're looking for trouble. Say amen, somebody. And David sins for her, commits adultery with her, gets her pregnant. They tell him that she's pregnant. And he sends for Uriah, brings him back, brings him back to the city during warfare when the war is going on out in the battlefield. And your Bible said Uriah was so loyal, 
David didn't care about his loyalty. He was loyal to his leader. He was loyal to his king. He was loyal to his comrades that when he said, hey, I'm giving you a leave of absence, just go home. You've been such a great warrior. You're one of my mighty men. And I just wanted you to, you need a rest. I'll send you back. Go in and have a wonderful night with your wife. And the Bible said he went home and sat down on the front porch and said, how can I do that? How can I go in and, and be with my wife and sleep with my wife and have a wonderful night when my buddies are getting ripped and cut and fighting, fighting all of hell out there. I can't do that. I want to ask you a question. Where did he learn that loyalty from? Do you know that the Bible said in 2 Samuel 23 that when David was thirsty, he said, oh, that I had a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. And the Bible said two of his mighty men said, if my king wants a cup of water and the Philistines controlled that whole area, and if my king wants a cup of water, if, if that's what he just wishes he had, I'm going to run through a troop and over a wall and I'm going to get a cup. And they fought their way to that well, dipped the cup, came back and took the cup to the king. And when the king heard what these mighty men were not told their names, but I got a sneaky, in my sermon, I can preach it like I want to. And I got a sneaky suspicion. One of them was Uriah. Because he watched the king who could have drunk that water, but instead he said, I can't drink it now. I never understood this. It would have ticked me off to be, you know, fight all the way, get a cup of water, come back, risk my life. And now he, now I'm not going to drink it. But he was pouring it out unto the Lord. And there was something about that spirit of loyalty that got in Uriah. And when he could have went in to his wife, he said, I can't do it. And then David had a plan the next night. He had a feast and got him drunk. Uriah had more convictions drunk than most Christians have sober. Because even when he was drunk the next night, he went home and, 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 and he thought, I ought to go in there. My flesh wants to. But there was something in his spirit that said, even if you aren't smart right now, I can keep you. I don't know who I'm preaching to. But your real issue is you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit because he can keep you from things even when you don't feel like you're in control. Let me show you what happened. He was loyal on the battlefield. He was loyal in the bedroom. He was so loyal that <laughs> there's a picture. I looked it up. I meant to give it to him, but I didn't know I was going to preach this till I got up here. So, but, but there's a picture that, that it's a very famous picture of King David giving the letter to Uriah to take to Joab, the commander of the armies of Israel. And it was a sealed letter. Your Bible says this happened. That the king, when he couldn't get him to sleep with his wife to cover his tracks so that David wouldn't look like he had committed adultery and gotten her pregnant, he, 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 he said, I'm going to have to kill him. 
It started with a look. Just a look. And then he kept on looking. When the look voice is louder than the don't look voice, there's... At some point, it's not a sin to look, but then you need to turn around and start pleading the blood of Jesus and Lord, I, and, and flee. Get out of there. Quit looking. Not look and keep looking and keep looking. And the Bible said that Uriah was called by David and David says, take this letter to the front line and give it to Joab, the commander of the army of Israel. In the letter, now think about this. In the letter was the instructions. Put Uriah on the front line and get him so far out in the battlefield and then have all of his comrades withdraw and abandon him and leave him to die. And it was so, he, he knew, think about, he didn't say, let me send somebody else. Let me send Jonathan, my son, with this message. He called Uriah to carry his own death warrant because he knew he's so loyal, he won't read it. He won't break the seal. He's a loyal man. And even though David the king didn't notice it, God, 150 years later, said, I am so impressed with that man that when I think of David in 1 Kings 15, I, he was good in all of his ways except for the matter. 150 years later, God says, it still bugs me. How he did Uriah the Hittite. Now let me show you one thing that's going to bless you. You ready? Matthew chapter 1. And this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus. Verse 1. Son of David. And they start going, Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, hey, Jacob begot... There's a lot of begetting going on. There needs to be a lot of begetting going on. Amen. Say amen. If you're married, it's good to have some begetting going on. <laughs> Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. Watch, watch. And David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. It's like God said, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Uriah credit. Not really. He wasn't really in the bloodline, but God said, he's so loyal. I'm going to put him in the bloodline. And you can have another year, another year of frustrating deferred dreams. You know, some people think, well, you know, we're going to cross our fingers and hope things get better. It's not going to get better. We're we just going to see what happens. It's not going to get better. But when you make up your mind, you are the only one I'll ever be married to in this life. This is it. And so we can make each other miserable or we can absolutely, not out of duty, not out of a contract, not out of a marriage license, not out of because we're pastors and we need to look really, really, really good in front of the people, but because I love that woman and she loves this man. Does that make sense? It's real. Come on, somebody. It's real. It's real.
I'm excited for you to get a copy of my latest book, Overcoming, when you feel overwhelmed. Sometimes life throws multiple things at you all at once. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like there's no way out of this? With everything happening, it's so easy to feel completely overwhelmed. That's why the title is Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. And it's not a, a fake feeling. You absolutely feel like you can't hardly go forward. But yet God's Word gives a roadmap to victory. This is a must book that you need to read that's going to change your whole perspective on trouble and what to do when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like there's no way out. Overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. Get it today. Get your copy of Jensen Franklin's new book, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. Available now at Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Kingdom Connection is a soul-winning ministry that is reaching the world through broadcasting, expanding into new church campuses, and global acts of compassion. By using the technology of today to fulfill the Great Commission, we are able to connect with countless people and reach hundreds of thousands of lives. Our broadcast connects with people like you all around the world with messages that speak to them. Our ministry exists to help build a connection for strengthening your faith and living out your God-given purpose. And our missions and relief work help connect you to desperate situations, showing the love of Christ through global acts of compassion. We feel the time is right and God is leading us to grow, and that only happens when you partner with us through Connection Partnership. With as little as a dollar a day, you'll be helping us reach further than we've ever been before. To become a part of this ministry and enjoy exclusive partner benefits, visit us online at jensenfranklin.org. Hope starts with you. Together, we can do something incredible for the kingdom of God. Your support helps us preach the gospel to over 200 nations around the globe, produce inspirational resources, and continue support for outreach projects. All donations received through a campaign are subject to redirection at the discretion of the organization.